0: hello and welcome to say a little prayer nigeria my name is sharon Tanko and i am your host now god is the same yesterday today and forever he has never changed and he will never change he has loved you even from before he conceived you and he proved that by giving you unlimited access to him but do you know how to love him back he gave us the answer eons before jesus ever set foot on this planet in a sentence, it is obedience to love by faith. You see, faith pleases God and obedience proves your love. Now, in this journey through the book of Proverbs, we break down the instruction and we learn what true love should look like. Now, it may not be easy, but I guarantee you that it will be worth it. Listen and be blessed. hello and good evening it is lovely to be here with you again this Tuesday night Um, God bless you and keep you today we're taking on Proverbs 13 to 15 and it is my hope that God inspires somebody here this evening let us say a little prayer before we begin however Heavenly Father good evening we are gathered before you this night to learn more about you And in doing so, we hope to learn more about ourselves. Help us to see you this evening. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Proverbs 13, 7. There is one who pretends to be rich, yet has nothing at all. And another pretends to be poor, yet has great wealth. Quiet confidence. I'm not here to tear down anybody, but this scripture is basically encouraging you to know yourself and to know your word and not ruin yourself by seeking validation or definition from others. If posturing before others and taking glory in the recognition of your wealth by men is how you live, then is your wealth really your wealth? Now, most people won't get this, but if you're so hell bent on posturing, whether you have the wealth or you think you have the wealth, the length you go to to keep that appearance up will cost you, and it may cost you more than you are willing to pay. But when you know who you are, when you know your craft, you are confident in you. You are confident in God. Then you don't need to posture there's a humility that comes naturally with this quiet assurance you know knowing your god gleaning wisdom from him being aware of what he says and what he expects having this assurance this is what stands out in a crowd of pretentious people now i'll explain it with this proverbs chapter 13 verse 15 good understanding wins favor from others, but the way of the unfaithful is hard like barren, dry soil. Know your stuff. That's the whole point of wisdom. Wisdom is attractive. It draws people in and it grants you favor with them. If you choose not to embrace wisdom or accept discipline, then there can be no honor for you. How do you expect to make it with no discipline or wisdom? Even in the world system where fraud is a thing, yahoo boys, yahoo boys dedicate their time and effort into their scamming craft. They learn patterns in the society that their target hails from, at least the professionals. They study the target. They get sufficient information to know how to appeal to their vulnerable side. Or they modify their tactics if the current one has been marked or exposed. They move around. They claim the money that they got illegally. They put the work in. Now, of course, it's gotten by fraud, so it really can't last, or it definitely cannot make it last unless they make like certain ridiculous sacrifices, like you know, pay the government that is giving them asylum hide the money and you know, disappear for like 20 years, hoping that by the time you come back to collect the money, everybody would have forgotten about it and you can enjoy the remaining two years of your life. I don't really know, I'm not a scammer, but I believe that this is how it goes. So if this fosters back to topic, if this frosters have to apply wisdom and discipline to make the most of their career, then why not you? Satan is not a genius. He didn't invent this process. In fact, he has no ability to create whatsoever. So you know that he definitely did not come up with this. If God told him to create something, that if he could create something, he would enter into heaven right now or give him a hundred years to do it. Satan will never, ever see the pearly gates because he just can't. It's not in his ability. So, we understand that all Satan does is pervert what already is, encouraging wisdom-seeking and discipline in the negative. It's his calling, so to speak. It's it's kind of like Satan sampled the trap, you know, Um, it's like he heard the original God version and either he took the beat or the lyrics or both and he decided to make his own twisted little tune so yes there is an original and gaining wisdom and understanding by inquiring of God and disciplining oneself in God is that original Proverbs chapter 13 verse 24 I'll touch on this briefly and then we'll move on He who withholds the rod of discipline hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines and trains him diligently with wisdom and love. This is how we Christians show love to those that we care about. Now, I'm not just talking about our children. I choose to look at this on a deeper, broader plane. Disciplining doesn't only involve caning. It's not about whipping the living delights out of a, a child, your child, or somebody. It is, and, 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 and this is why I love the amplified version so much. It, it makes you look beyond the surface. When people matter to you, you don't indulge them. Let me explain. You don't, you don't let the bad behavior slide because you love them. Now everybody is different, so you're going to have to turn to God to give you wisdom on how to handle your particular situation. But whatever approach you choose to use, whatever you approach, it has to have a foundation in love. And you have to be diligent about it. You can't go on one second, off the other second. You have to be in it and consistent with it. You can't break down under pressure. It's not allowed. So, moving on, uh, Proverbs 14, verse 1, I read The wise woman builds her house on a foundation of godly precepts and her household tribes But the foolish one who lacks spiritual insight tears it down with her own hands by ignoring godly principles. Now, you can shorten that to by ignoring God. Let me explain. Most Christians don't really truly pay attention to something. Now, they know it on the surface, but they don't always give it a deeper priority. When we get married to our spouses, now, I'm not married yet, but here's to hoping. When we get married to our spouses, we involve Christ. He was married to God. You were married to God. Both of you were now joined, and now there is a trinity in your marriage. The Christian marriage involves three parties at all times the man, the woman, and God. And as long as there is a Christian in a marriage, that is how it is. If two unbelievers get married, then God is not in it until one gets sick. Then he is involved because he is a spouse. it's in Isaiah 54 verse 5 our maker is our husband you know so yes God is an active partner in a Christian marriage now let me ask you this what happens in a marriage where there is no communication no fellowship no dates no talking to no mirth no pleasure no birthday surprises no anniversaries no nothing between a man and his wife. Let us use the unbeliever's marriage for an example. Between just the husband and the wife, there is none of all those things I just mentioned. It won't be a surprise if the marriage dies, right? It just suddenly evolves from, oh my god, I'm getting married, to to a form of torture. Like Shackles on your feet dragging you down This is what happens when you ignore God in your marriage Pay attention to your husband or wife as as much as you want, you know, if you don't give that same attention to God Your efforts are wasted So wife have a shopping spirit with God husband take God out for a joy ride husband and wife have a date night with God involve him as you would involve your physical husband or wife engage him don't just leave him in limbo this is how a marriage thrives you know when God is very very present very very much in the center of it it's not by putting a heart rate monitor on your spouse or hacking into it to track his actions. It's it's not about linking your phones together so that you know where he is at all times. It's about involving God in it on both sides and together. Now you may be thinking, What the hell does she know? It's not like I said she's even married. Well, I'm just telling you what he said. And I actually do pay attention at weddings. The marriage, the Christian marriage, always involves three husband, wife, and God. Because God is the bridge between the two. Now, even if you choose to ignore this one on a spiritual level, then let let us just look at it on a logical plane. You got married as a Christian, yes? It means that you were already married to God. He was your bridegroom and you as a church were his bride. That is you as a Christian. That is your Christian identity, wife, bride of Christ. You didn't stop being a Christian when you said I do, did you? That means you never divorced Christ. That means you never stop being married to Christ when you married Be. You just involved Bay into this pre existing marriage. That means that God is a spouse in your marriage. Both the logic and the Bible support this. Moving on quickly, Proverbs chapter 14 verse 12, I'm not going to stay there all day. There is a way which seems right to a man and appears straight before him, but its end is the way of this is why we seek God's guidance, guys. Not every good news is actual good news. Example, you're a contractor, you get a contract from the government for four hundred million naira. But you didn't involve God before you took it. So even if you don't have to go through now, even if you don't have to go through hell and old age before they pay you, which you most likely would, by the way, if it's the Nigerian government, because you never asked God or got feedback from him, you ended up missing out on a 4 billion naira deal that was heading straight for you. This is a trick Satan does. He uses something to entice you. He distracts you. He gets you to. This hand that you have opened before God to receive, he gets you to close it around something that he has placed, some shiny object that he has placed before you. So your hand is wrapped around that. Then God sends you something you've been praying for, the answer you've been looking for. But because your hand is wrapped around something else and your focus, your attention is no longer on God because you believe that you already have your answer, the actual answer walks right past you. And most times, people are not aware that that even happened. Maybe they find out years later. Maybe they find out moments later. Maybe they never find out at all. But that happens. I heard a testimony once. A man was working as the MD in a bank here in Nigeria. And he co-offered the same position in a foreign bank, but the pay was higher. The pay was better. And the, the offer was, was just better. But then he prayed about it, and God told him not to go. Now, of course, he was very pissed. He rejected the offer, but he was very, very annoyed. His relationship with God was really shaky, and he, he was really struggling. He wasn't sure if he had done the right thing until, until he heard the news that the bank, That he had been offered the job in had been attacked. And the person who was the MD in the bank had been shot dead. The MD that he would have been if he had taken the offer had been shot dead. That was when the scales fell off. That was when he realized that God was just looking out for him. But at that time, he was too pig-headed and ungrateful to even consider it as a possibility that God was watching his back. That it seems like it's the answer does not necessarily mean that it is the answer. Now I'm going to jump to Proverbs 15 because time is going really quickly. So if you would read up on 14 and pray on your own time, that would be great. You can consider that a date with the Most High. Proverbs 15, verse 1. A soft and gentle and thoughtful answer turns away wrath, but harsh and painful and careless words stir up anger. Approach matters. How you engage people matters. It is not about whether they are, they are Christian or not. It doesn't matter if they are Christ-like that they are not supposed to be offended or get angry, or that they should be used to turning the other cheek. It doesn't matter whether you're the type of person or a type of Christian that has perfected the art of bearing it, of not being offended, of turning the other. It doesn't matter. Be gentle. Be gentle with people. Christian or not, a person still has feelings. And one must not need to pray for strength and tolerance before and after every single conversation with you. So go easy on them. You know, you're a Christian. You're not the test for another Christian. You're his, his pillar, sort of. You're, you're to encourage him or her to teach her how to pray, how to stand. You're to help your fellow Christian to grow positively. Don't, don't go... Don't go teaching them the hard lessons so that the world doesn't shake them for their own good it's not your place God is the father he does the disciplining you guide them through the process encourage and stand with them you don't kick their legs out from under them you help them stand when they are weak that is for your fellow Christian now as a believer for you You know, to others, you're supposed to be a light, a reflection of God. I have this one bulb in my room that is connected to a switch that I have to manipulate a particular way in order for me to use it. Do you know what I do now? Nothing. I don't make use of the bulb at all. The process is tedious. If, if you as a light become tedious to deal with because because your brain-to-mouth filter doesn't work or, or because you don't consider other people's feelings or emotions or their fears or their cares or their concerns, if you cannot put yourself in their shoes and engage them the way you would wish to be engaged if you were actually in their place, then no one will engage you whether for the purpose of correction or nothing or just casual no one will engage you there is a way to chastise to to correct an individual that will not only endear them to you but also make them eager to learn and give importance to your words learn it everybody Everybody, every single person has feelings and nobody likes to get hurt. Remember that. Proverbs 15 verse 5, I'll close with this. All the days of the afflicted are bad, but a glad heart has a continual feast regardless of the circumstances. Don't look at situations and circumstances to make you happy. Look to God. Pull your joy from him. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 23. But the fruit of the spirit, the result of his presence within us, is love that is an unselfish concern for others. Joy, inner peace, patience. No, patience meaning not the ability to wait, but how we act while we wait. Then there is kindness, there is goodness, there is faithfulness, gentleness, self control. Against such things, there is no law. When we gave our lives to Him, God came to dwell in us with all of this. All of these things are in one spirit, and that one spirit is inhabiting and giving life to your own spirit. So there is joy somewhere within you. At times, it may be hard. You could be going through a tough time. You may be in a dark place and you're finding it hard to be happy about anything. Now, you may be finding it difficult to be joyful, but, but God isn't. So look at Him. You'll find His joy if you focus on Him. Just take a moment to imagine His throne. All of that glory radiating off of him in a light so bright that even when you look away, it still hurts your eyeballs. Imagine the angels singing, dancing, people everywhere, happy, cheerful, celebrating, rooting for those ones that they left behind. Imagine the fellowship. Imagine how God feels when we call upon him. Imagine this, this good God that is both strong and delicate at the same time easily moved, easily touched. Imagine, imagine his joy every time another lost son finds him. Imagine how thrilled he is that you want to cuddle with him, you want to languish in his presence, that, that there is no place that you would rather be. How pleased he is that you trust him to give you, sol- to give you solace and refuge. Or sometimes... To just be that friend you need. Imagine that. And now experience it. Experience his pleasure in creation. Look at the sky. Marvel at the beauty of the swaying trees. Dance to the music in the winds. Find joy around you by focusing on the joy within you. When you live in that joy, there is not one thing on this earth that can hold you captive. That's it for tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for fellowshipping with me this, this night. If you will repeat after me, we'll say this as a prayer and go our separate ways. Sweet Jesus, you've said a lot and I've heard a lot. Thank you all that you are. Thank you for being my counselor when I knew nothing. For being my friend when I need one. For being my joy when sorrow overwhelms me. Thank you so much for being my strong tower. As I live Lord, I'll live to draw people to you to help them find the treasure that I have found in you, all of it for your glory, Lord. This is how I will live, for you alone, Lord, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you. Thank you once again for tuning in this Tuesday. Um, next Tuesday we'll take on four chapters this time, from Proverbs 16 to Proverbs 19. So, If you would read up until then, the Lord bless you and keep you. Good night. My name is Sharon Tanko and I hope you were blessed by this sermon and that it opened your heart to new knowledge from our Father. For those of you who haven't taken that vital step in accepting Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, but would like to do so now, please say this prayer with me. Dear Lord, I know that you went to the cross and died for me. I know that on the third day, you rose. I know you did this because you love me. You showed me a deeper love, a love that goes beyond dying and into overcoming death. And now, knowing this, I accept you as my personal Lord and Savior. Come into my life today, sweet Lord, so that I may be one with the Father. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your forgiveness. And I thank you for this great love. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. If you just said that prayer with me, thank you and welcome to the kingdom of God, my brother, my sister. God will have his way with you. Now, if you would like to reach out to me, feel free to do so at Say a Little Prayer Nigeria. That is Say a Little Prayer NG, both on Instagram and on Facebook. I would love to share and pray with you. If you want to learn more beyond the podcast, you can visit my pastor, Reverend Delison Tanko, both on Facebook and on YouTube. His, his preaching is easy to follow and it's easier still to grasp and have a deeper more precise understanding of our Heavenly Father if this podcast has inspired you and you feel the need to sow a seed into it you can give an offering at 0140 323659 that is 0140 323659 Guarantee Trust Bank or you can give at 151 one three two one seven two one that is one five one one three two one seven two one at access bank god bless you as you give god bless you as you give now don't forget to say a little prayer for you and your loved ones thank you and stay blessed